kid's a serial killer now. He's something. Serial killer when I was a kid. Whole bowls, huh? Whole bowls. The big bowls too, not that bullshit they try to get you to do nowadays. Had to carb up. Yeah. I was going out gay bashing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think there's much occasion to do that in Dixie, West Virginia. No, we'd find somebody. <laughs> Even if we're gay, just call my faggot and beat him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd play uh, Smear the Queer. Not really. That was the worst game ever. I was trying. I was trying to find something that maybe that kid would be on board with to yeah. say that I did after I ate all my cereal. Right. Anyway, Shwamo, tis I, the prince of podcasting, the bipolar rock and roll, the Sultan of Slits, the Godfather. Of- yeah. <laughs> Any time it kicks in, I just get. I get the feeling. <laughs> uh, other nicknames. It's episode one hundred sixty-one of Pillifert Rodeo. Pillifert Radio. The Don Blankenship Experience. And once again, I'm joined by my heterosexual wife mate, the vanilla gorilla, the white, the white Samoan. <laughs> <laughs> song just goes on forever. I know. <laughs> First black man to ice skate backwards down the Kanawha River. Or was it up the Kanawha River? It doesn't matter. You went both ways backwards. Yeah. Little Chucky Tater sacks over there. Just fresh off a workout. Went in there clanging and banging, huh? Banged up. Anybody in there? There's a couple people. Really? Mm-hmm. Butt rock? No. Do you consider this butt rock? No. Is this more yacht rock? No This is a guy that A 45 year old guy That's never rode A, 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 a motorcycle in his life but Yeah That Yeah hey, This is the first song he cranks Ding 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 That's fuck That's it That's on the nose <laughs> This right is there. the first song he cranks When he gets on there And then when he's having A, a, a moment where it's a really nice day And, and it's really nice roads He's he, on Golly Mountain He plays something. Back in the High Life again Oh hell yeah, yeah. That's what he plays when he stops at the wide spot in the road and looks over at the river. Yeah. He plays back in the highlights. He's just broken up with his wife. and His wife were on the outs. Yeah. The kids are thinking it's their fault, and you yeah. know, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the royal tenant bombs. <laughs> is he getting divorced? Well, not right now, but it doesn't look good. <laughs> like, is that our fault? No, it's not your fault. Well, obviously there are strains put on a marriage when kids enter into it, but no, no, it's not your fault at all. <laughs> Uh, so what was that clip? Was that like a it's child preachers on Oprah? Is like in the in the late early nineties, late eighties, and they're just firing brimstone, fucking screaming God's wrath. I mean, they're just emulating what they're basically yes preachers. And do. ye will die. <laughs> These all sound like they're imitating Percy Pringle or Paul Bear. Which one? Paul Bear. Yeah, Percy Pringle. I don't remember him as much as I've seen right? him. Who cares? I just remember him being ringside. You didn't hear him talk that. Percy much. Pringle, who needs him? Uh, God rest your soul. Is he dead? Yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. Dead and fuck. <laughs> 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 anyway, we're Umbridge here. Umbridge taker! <laughs> oh, we'll get to the Umbridge taker. <laughs> A lot of crap happened this week. I can't really think of anything right now. Um, 
Anyway, what was clanging like? How how you doing with the clanging? It's good. Are you following my program? Yeah. My program. <laughs> well, I mean. The, the, old, the su- oldest workout program in the world that I just found out about. Yeah, something you ago. suggested that that I had been doing, but, you know, got impatient. So, adding on too much weight too soon. So. Yeah, it'll do that to you. Yeah. And whenever I'm squatting 1,100 pounds and I'm just like, ah, geez. God, can you imagine that? No. Spine would fucking snap. Yes. It already feels weird when you put like 225 on there for the first time. Well, not 225 anymore. That feels like, we've gotten to the point that feels like 135. But uh, it's a, it works pretty good for me. Mm. The only thing is like with this one, you do squats every time. So, so, uh. Well, I'm doing a two-on-one-off, two-on-one-off, like, because I work so hard on those two days that I need the third day off, so. Yeah, I just go every other day. Yeah. Three days a week, and then I take I'm sure it equals out, like. But anyway, being strong is pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's nice to be able, like, if I ever get a job where I have have to lift something heavy, I won't have to worry about it. Well, but that's also. just insane. That's also a double-edged sword, because then you become the guy that lifts stuff at work. Yeah, I was faced with that last night. Hey, there's a giant le- length of chain over there. Will you pick it up and put it in the corner? It's like, sure. Why not? Well, I guess. There's a giant chunk of carbon over there where it's a couple hundred pounds. Could you throw that over the corner over there? Yeah, why not? I'll stand in front of this barely controlled explosion and pick this shit up and carry it. <laughs> anyway, everybody was outraged this week about stuff. A lot of umbrage being taken. A lot of umbrage being. Should we just jump right into the umbrage section? Let's go to the did umbrage. Did you take umbrage with any of it? No. Neither did I. <laughs> I kind of shrugged. Yeah. Eh, even the Roseanne thing, I was like. The only thing I did take umbrage with was the concerted effort of both conservatives and people on the left to minimize the thing that was done on each side. You know what I mean? Like, especially Fox. Fox is, I have to say this, and I know I might be biased slightly, but it's not biased that much. They are so transparent in their in their efforts you know they they really fucking like it's like they really have a playbook and they go by a playbook you you pretend that uh you're the victim you you know what i mean you you blame the people who are being somewhat victimized in the situation where you call a race of people gorillas that's racism that that sucks and you know, but when you try to say, well, we're the, we're the victims because of this, then you show pictures of Trump and orangutan. It's not, that's not a trope that's been applied to a group over years. That's the fact because he legit looks like that fucking orangutan they always put up on the fucking thing. I mean, he really does. I sort of believe, uh, Roseanne. I sort of believe the her. ambient thing. Yeah. That's yeah, possible. Cause I've heard lots of stories. Yeah. I've heard strange shit about ambient. I do weird shit on melatonin. Like I wake up and, well, the other day, okay, I took a giant dose of melatonin. Well, not giant, you know, 10 milligrams is all you can take. I take 10 milligrams of that, and then I took a giant dose of cranium on top of it. Had the f- fucking weirdest dreams. Had shark dreams for like four hours. Shark dreams? I was in water. Sharks were swimming underneath me. It was the worst. I woke up. I was like, this were is they coming up and tickling your little toesies and going back? Well, no, you could like see them like in the gloom coming up towards it. That's got to be the most terrifying thing in the whole world. I would imagine. I mean, that's just... There's something called Thess something. It's a Thessalonians. It's a book in the Bible. Well, it, well, yeah, but it's uh, it is actually a a, a a real 
phobia where you're scared of things swimming underneath you, large things swimming underneath yeah, I don't, you. I don't, I've never liked bodies of water. I don't like lakes. I don't like rivers. I don't like oceans. I, I lived in the ocean for two years and I went in twice. And that was for 30 seconds a piece. can touch, I'm okay. Mm, you're not really safe then either. I know, but... <laughs> I know what you say, though. But you know. I feel okay. Yeah. But uh, we used to have swimming holes. I grew up in 20 Mile. That's a holler, in case anybody didn't know. And a hoot. It is, well, it is a hoot and a holler. We had swimming holes, and you just never knew what was in those swimming holes, and I always felt weird about it. Yeah. Could have been big catfish. Could have been... Muskies. Snapping turtles. River, river gar. Could have been fucking... Could have been nothing. Could have been Cthulhu. Anything squid-like is horrifying. Like, people get attacked by giant squid. I would have a heart attack. I would legit have a heart attack. There's an actual scientific theory that hasn't been left out of the room that um, the the DNA for octopus, octopi, and shit came here on a... On a... um, Spaceship. No. On a asteroid. (laughs) <laughs> it hasn't been left out of the room because they're so fucking weird. Yeah, they're like their uh, their arms or whatever tentacles. I guess mm-hmm. they each have their own brain. They operate independently. What they can change color. What on on a moment's notice? They're I knew the, the change color thing. They're the weirdest animals in the world. Yeah, they are strange. Cuttlefish, squids, octopi. They can just shrink down and. Yeah, they can fun. go underneath. They can go through cracks, and yeah, they are like fucking that. weird, dude. It's, it's yeah. an alien fucking species. I mean, they're just <laughs> yeah. But I believe, I think I believe Roseanne that she didn't know she was black. And if you look at a picture side by side of that lady and uh, Helena Bonham Carter's character in uh, Planet of the Apes, <laughs> I mean. Uh, you they know. sort of look similar. Yeah. <laughs> so I sort of believe her, but also maybe don't tweet it. Right, exactly. Especially if you're not sure of her. It's like Johnny Blue Jean said about the, the Turks in the uh, Viva Variety when they had this segment called Try Not to Hate the Turks. <laughs> I can say, honestly, after seeing this, I still don't like the Turkish people, but I keep it to myself. <laughs> it's one of the best shows ever. So underrated. That was the state. It was the state. Except for... And then Reno 911, yeah. And Wet Hot American Summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I sort of believe her. But also, especially if she was on Ambien, there was no Googling. But if you're not on Ambien, give it a quick Goog. Yeah. Maybe maybe check somebody's somebody's ethnicity. I mean... Yeah. Even if there was even a hint that she knew she was black, which, I mean, looking at her, I don't know. My brother looks darker than her. My brother looks like he's Mexican. You might have Native American blood. We guarantee we do. He looks yeah. like he's his last name should be Running Feather or whatever. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I can see why she, how she wouldn't have known she was black. I don't know. But I still, saw a picture of her. I was like, is that the one? Is that the woman? <laughs> yeah. I, I legitimately did that. I was like, I was looking for like a really, cause I'd never heard of this bitch. I don't know. Who yeah, she, I was looking like for uh, like a really dark, aggressive black lady. And like, something was like, oh, really yeah, like Marshall Warfield. Yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> no, it just wasn't Marshall Warfield. It was definitely not Marshall Warfield. From fucking night court. <laughs> like she would always beat, she'd always beat people up. <laughs> Wasn't she a bailiff? Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe give it a quick... I don't know, man. A quick Stop. goog. 
I think uh, celebrities ought to stop with the the politicizing everything on Twitter because mm-hmm. they're just. I mean, everybody should be able to express their opinion, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, but like, she's she's ruined. Well, she hasn't ruined her. No, life. she isn't. She's fine. In Trump's America now, that's not that's not the end anymore. Well, I mean, she'll probably never have another TV show on. But well, but but I'm also saying I'm also saying as much as I despise it and the fact that he is anybody who thinks he's not dog whistling to the, to the alt right is dumb. You're dumb if you don't think that. I mean, he's he's obviously doesn't want to offend that part of his base. Who there are the hard, hard alt writers, and then it is grades of people up to the. More reasonable ones who are like, well, that shit's bullshit, but you know, I agree with his economic policies. And then it goes to people, well, I don't hate other races, but I don't want them to be around me. Down to people who are think, well, white people are superior and this and that. That is grades. It is fucking, it is a Crayola box of racism and it's fucking, you know, going down grades of racism. And it's also on the other end, going the other side. Like if it was acids and bases and Bases being very strong this way and acids being very strong this way. There are grades going this direction of left and right. So, you know, there's people on the left who say who use G pronouns and all that dumb fuck bullshit. And then there's people who are tiki torch cosplay Nazis, you know. But then you have people who are actually legit Nazis who who believe in national. So, well, they don't even believe in national socialism because that's a misnomer. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, is white supremacy politics is all it is. So, yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think what they should have done is just fire Roseanne and the first episode of the next season, they, they're dealing with her death and then move on with the show. Yeah, they're thinking about moving on, calling it Darlene, and like moving with. Uh, that was who the show was Sarah focused around anyway. Yeah, I, I was thinking that because what they can do is a Godfather thing. Now we'll never figure out if, if they got the water out of the basement. I mean, that was what I never was even I, I haven't watched episode. it actually. It was fucking good. I heard it was good, and I was. I was I, and I'm not one of these people, Roseanne. This I got the joke about her dressing up like Hitler and stuff. That was supposed nobody to nobody else. Has. That was supposed to be taken tongue in cheek. Well, it was in a know. Jewish magazine. Yeah, and she's Jewish. I, I and I got that. I'm I know like, you got I, it. I nobody else it, you know. is getting it. I, I know they even brought that up again. Like Michelle Wolf brought it up. I was like, Michelle Wolf, you're really funny and really smart. You shouldn't. That's not something you should bring up. That's actually something you should have dealt with and said, this was meant to be a joke, and here's the difference. This is a joke. This is serious. You know, maybe we could make a distinction, like Bill Maher was talking about how uh, he has to explain jokes to idiots. Now, he has a segment called Explaining Jokes to Idiots. And he said the thing with Roseanne was racism and all this shit. But the thing where I suggested Trump's mom fucked an orangutan is a joke. I honestly don't think his mom fucked an orangutan, even though he really looks like his mom fucked an orangutan. So <laughs> I think his mom might have fucked an orangutan. <laughs> well, I think Fred Trump might be an orangutan. Fred, yeah. He might be from Planet I've of the Apes him. and Crash here. I've seen him. Yeah. He's got pretty, the eyebrows pretty are fucking thick, yeah. They're aggressive. Those eyebrows, those, ten, those tentacles operate on their own. Uh, I mean, they were just they were they were very Bram Stoker's Dracula ish. Yeah, I mean, it, I expected his shadow to be doing a different thing than what he was yeah. doing, you know, which was kind of cool. But I, um, the Samantha B thing, like she shouldn't have apologized. No, not for a second. 
No comedian should ever like Michelle Wolf didn't apologize when she was getting shat upon. Yeah, no, she, she was getting rained. She shrugged. On. She's, She's like, like, "Fuck you." Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. It's <laughs> pretty good actually. <laughs> I've, watched, her, I've watched both the episodes of her show. My favorite like thing is her g- internet goofs, where she was trying to. <laughs> yeah, I goof. just want some goofs. <laughs> She's like, "Stop bringing up Roseanne." <laughs> and she sounds just like Roseanne. Yeah, she does. <laughs> you could tell she was obviously probably influenced by Roseanne. Yeah, as a kid. She's that's probably having saying. a hard time with this shit. I, right? I just like the fact she wrapped something serious in a joke. That was kind of a skit because she was trying to get somebody to to do the goofs thing. I like the guy kept on doing the the radio thing. Goofs. She's like, yeah, goofs. <laughs> yeah, I've watched both episodes of her new show. It's pretty good. Um, it's, I think she's hilarious. She's very funny, and uh, she, uh, the it's not all political, and it does make fun of everything. So mm-hmm. that's good. She's not doing what. Everybody else does completely. There's a little bit of it, but I don't know that you can get away from it. Well, I mean, you're going to have formats where it's, you know. I think Netflix sort of lets her do whatever the fuck she wants, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Samantha B thing. And in Samantha B's defense, Ivanka Trump is a feckless cunt. How many people had to look up feckless? I have quite a few, probably, but Guaranteed. I, but I, I was, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> on the nose, ineffectual, weak, weak-willed, you know, just absolutely without, without feck. <laughs> the complete lack of In feck. Fe- <laughs> <laughs> lack of feck. I, my, I thought personally the funniest part of the joke where she's like, go wear something low cut and go to your dad and get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. God, it's creepy when he talks about his daughter that way. It is weird. But I mean, she is hot, but she wasn't she always beautiful. hot. beautiful. <laughs> she wasn't always hot. She uh, had plenty of work done. Did she? She had a big Jew nose. Oh, really? Even big, though she's not Jewish. Big Shylock. She, yeah, yeah. Big old hook. <laughs> <laughs> looked like Dustin Hoffman. Been first looked first. like Dustin oh, Hoffman God. in Hook. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that movie the other day. I like that movie. I don't. <laughs> it's like, uh. Rufio? You only Rufio? You're not a Rufio fan? A big Rufio mark over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that line he delivered at the end. I wish I had a dad just like you. <laughs> like, wow. That's I want an origin story of Rufio. <laughs> He's only in the movie like. I, w- I want him to be like this kid who roofied somebody accidentally. And- <laughs> Roofies. Oh. <Yeah. laughs> he had I've to just, flee to Neverland to avoid prosecution. I've just been watching the uh, the last season of uh, Arrest Development where Job keeps roofing himself to, to forget about what he did, but he doesn't really know how it works, so he just sleeps for an entire day and he still remembers everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Joe is the best He's fucking phenomenal <laughs> His duel with Tony Wonder Yeah they're still going at it Ben Stiller still Has Tony Wonder still on there At least in the last season That's awesome I've, I've only watched the first episode He kept on pulling five. bread out of places For some reason yeah, <laughs> I don't like, understand it's, like, it's hilarious But it's just so I wonder Scott Bayo, Have you heard about that Did you hear about this Bob Loblaw has been now accused Of sexual assault I think by another cast member Really Yes I mean, I heard about Nicole Eggert, but it didn't seem like sexual assault. It didn't assault seem like me. sexual assault. It, it seemed, seemed like, like banging. It, well, it seemed like. She might have been a little bit underage. Yeah, it seemed like it was just 16. a starstruck 16 year old girl going after a. How old was he then? 20, maybe? 22, 23, 24, yeah. 20, somewhere in that. 38. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but she's 16. I think he's Chachi, for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, how do you. How do you whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up? God. The fact I love. The, the fact of happy days towards the end that they couldn't decide if they were still in the 50s. They kept on bringing old, you know, new stuff in. And Joni Loves Chachi was apparently set in modern day, and they just avoided the fifties. You know what I mean? It was just such an odd. I never watched Joni Loves. Well, it lasted for like three episodes. No, it's three episodes too many. Yeah, I'm not a big Aaron Moran fan. Sorry, sorry, Joni. She was very. She was cute when she was younger, and then she grew into a not so. It's real toothy. Yeah, she's like Mackenzie Phillips. Mm. Very interchangeable. She had a rough life, though. Oh yeah, freaking yeah. mamas and the papas, and and her papa, dad and her papa was getting down on her. Yeah, her dad and her had a relationship. Well, they were fucking. I mean, it's fucking weird, man. It was uh, consensual. I don't know that that's possible. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a, a sick older man guy. Well, I mean, if you can't fuck your kids, who can you fuck? Am I right? Oh, I'm wrong. Oh. Yeah, it's completely wrong. <laughs> That's not right. The opposite of right. That is, yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Well, make sure I write Let me that chalk that one down up. for later. You got the dry erase board over yeah. here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking your kids is not correct. Incorrect. Okay. Life lessons. These are you learn. You're learning things here, folks. We're teaching. We're teachers. Uh, if nothing else, we're teachers. We are. If, if we're not entertaining, Indeed. we're at least giving you information. I mean. I mean, if we're not giving you information when entertaining, and we're not usually doing that, so we're not really doing anything. <laughs> we're just talking. But we're trying. Microphones. Well, I don't even know about that. No, about sometimes not. It seems like yeah. we've been phoning in for quite a while now. <laughs> but at least we That's what we do. But at least we haven't done a full three-hour episode of us just listening to music going like, hey, wasn't this awesome? Because we've done that before. Yes, we have. <laughs> God, we, were doing that, we were doing that for a little bit. Uh, let's just get some content out. I mean, we were. Mm. Oh, God damn. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I didn't watch the Samantha B thing. I mean, I just saw the little clip where she called her a cunt. Yeah. Why are we getting mad about it? I love Sam B. She's one of my favorites. Why are we getting mad about words? Yeah. That's where we need to stop. It's the whole crying wolf thing. Both sides do it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe anybody anymore when, when they're outraged about something. Meanwhile, everybody gets to pretend that bad things that happened at the border just started. Right. Meanwhile, Obama was like, oh, yeah, let's get these motherfuckers out of here. No, I want you to take the children from from the parents. Take the parents from where they are in Texas, where they cross the border. Fly them over to San Diego and scoot them across on the other side of the border there. And uh, what is that? It's like the party town where everybody goes. Um, not Juarez. It'd be. Uh, it's the one that's sort of safe for, for Americans to go. Uh, uh, Tijuana. Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah, sort of safe. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have, safe, don- safe they have donkey shows in the street. Yeah, I know. And, the, and you know what? They take those the people that they get in Texas. They take them all the way over there and just shove them over. And hey. See you later, pal. And they're going to get murdered. Yeah. Or they're going to end up being in a donkey show. Yeah. Which is worse. I don't know. I know. I've never been murdered or do you feel bad? Do you feel worse for the person or the donkey? That's a tough call. Well, at least the donkey's getting to fuck something. Well, yeah. And then, you know, the donkey can't really think. I mean, they think to a small degree. He's like, well, this is not what I should be doing. I should be carrying something. I'm not really or, attracted to this. Yeah. But, you know, well, opportunities are opportunities, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> 
Yeah. At least they're not making me fuck a horse to create some bastardized species. And you try to you try to uh, tell people that this has been going on for a long time, and they've just changed names, and and they're like, no. No, I don't. Well, never did that. But, yes, but yes. here's here's an article from 2009. Yeah. And no, that's not that's not real. That's fake news. Right. So you're doing the fake news thing. Yeah. I mean, okay. Jesus Christ can't convince anybody of anything, even when you have evidence. Okay. All right. I'm I'm out. You yeah, guys, you guys go ahead. Believe whatever you want. Every. I just want. I don't. I don't like Donald Trump. I just want everybody to know that everybody's a piece of shit. Well, and I, and I want. I was, I was in the camp that thought that Obama was. A good guy until I actually looked at the evidence, and you guys made me look at the evidence. Like, and he you know probably what? He, he might not have known this was going on, but I think he does. But I also think that deep down he's not a he's not a bad guy, like Donald Trump. I don't think I don't he think is. he is. But I mean, they're doing the same things. But like I've said before, it's okay to do all those things as long as you're not a dick about it, right? And Donald Trump's a little bit more of a dick about it. A little yeah, bit. we got to get the got to get him out of here. And another thing, they're animals. They're animals. But they take that out of context. Yeah, they do. Because he was talking about MS-13. Yes, he was. And they are. And I, when, I, when I saw that quote, I was just like, yeah, they are purposely taking that out of context. Of course they are. Like, it's I a mean, lot more fun. Than and you don't have to do that because he said so many He says so many shitty things all That's the time. You can't trust them. Pick your spots because they're going to be coming up. He's going to let you hit the three-pointer every time. I mean, oh, we're just doing, keep dishing it we're out. We're doing rock and jock here. <laughs> you got the 10-point shot. You got the, I mean. Oh, God. Rock and jock. Yeah, Dan Cortez is just standing there on the ten point thing waiting. Him, him and his brother Steve really needed to get together. Steve Cortez <laughs> wasn't that a guy on Twitter that you, I told you to make to ask if you ah yeah I need to do that. Get a couple of pictures of Dan Cortez and just start randomly posting. I see them the resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> you know your brother's a lot cooler than you. Yeah, I liked your brother a lot better than you when he was in. Are you going to be the, the new Rock and Jock coming up? <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no Rock and Jock. I wish there was. Rock and Jock was dope. Actually, the '90s were pretty dope. They you were. You were nice. Did I ever notice it? Yeah, I noticed. I mean, I was I'm there. No, I'm saying that we did have our problems, and you know there was all kinds of stuff. But there's far less problems, I think, than there are now. Well, um, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the internet. And Sam Harris had one of the best quotes about that. He said, "This is a social experiment, and it is turning out badly. It's like, not turning out great." And he, he said, "It's." He said, "We now have." Disconnect with, and by the way, he is a he is a massive detractor of Donald Trump. Can't stand him. No, and you know, but he's also in that very analytical, cold and honest way. Like he said, like he, you know, that's what I was saying. You know, I'll go back down what I was going to say here in a second. But he said, he said they're ad hominem attacks. Yes, but they're valid because his 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 flaws of character make him unsuited for the office you know he's like he's in a, he's like he's a he said he's a he's a dangerous imbecile he keeps on repeating that yeah. <laughs> but anyway um yeah it was it was just before social media and stuff like that and even cell phones and you know I, I believe we're too connected. I believe that people should be out of each other's lives. That, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I have profited from that some. Like, there's people who were out of my life that I wanted back in, and now I got them back in, you know. And. But you can do that with texting, you know, or. That's. Or, or hell, maybe even calling. Yeah, I think we should. But bring, I don't want to do that either. Actually, we bring the phone back. <laughs> I think the phone should be a thing. What are you, what are you in your 40s using your phone as a phone? Jesus. I want to kick my legs up on the on the bed. Yeah. Like, talking, like they're talking to your hamburger phone. Yeah. 
Juno. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Honest to blog. But I I think he's right about that, that uh, the social media experiment is, it's not, everybody's connected. Yeah. But maybe we're not supposed to be connected. Yeah. Maybe, maybe internet comments shouldn't come to life because that's what's happening. Like YouTube comments or mm-hmm. the comment thread underneath a news story or whatever. It's none of it. None of it's ever good. No. And because people, uh, here's the thing. And we all know this living in a small area. Nobody likes anybody. It's true. <laughs> you tolerate each other. And there are some people that you do genuinely like. We're, we're friends. We like each other. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. Sometimes you really chat my ass. Well, but yeah, well, that's only when I'm fucking it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I doff my cap, sir. Um, but no, that's the thing. Friendships are hard to get because you there's so many vile people out there, and not vile because they're actually vile, although there are those people, but people because you think they're vile. Mm-hmm. You know that's why you have social things like clubs and stuff like that. But even they don't like each other half the time. So now we have a a, a means to for people to actually voice. Anonymously, what they think about everything, and it just proves that ninety percent of people's thoughts about each other are negative. So, well, anytime anything comes out, like a comedian makes a tweet about something or expresses their opinion about a certain thing, uh, just a deluge of cunt, fucking cuck, whatever, whatever it is they're talking about. If if they're saying something pro liberal, then shitloads of of anti-liberal people just shit all over like why are you following my favorite one is the girl screaming and it says i'm a i'm a tolerant liberal other than blah 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 and this and this and this was like basically i had that one used on me and i said you know you can and she used it a lot this and she was the next friend she's not a friend anymore because i can't stand her and i said you know you can keep posting that about all that shit it doesn't make you a racist and shitty stand on everything any less valid you know that right she didn't like hear that one so <laughs> she's like, I'm not racist. I said, yes, you are. I said, you're from Montana. You talk shit about Native Americans and all this shit. You are, you don't like black people. You don't like, yeah, I was like, you are a racist. You are the textbook case of a racist. And what does being from Montana have to do with it? Well, no, they have a massive, uh, you know, what? there's 11 people in Montana. <laughs> Yeah, population density is rather. Yeah, I mean it's a giant state, but there's literally eleven people. I can understand. Well, I think they have a uh, maybe a little. Maybe bit I'm of, applying what I think to about another state, but they they have a big right wing, um, anti, you know, like a, a militia. Movement? Yes, like they a probably very do. like a militia feeling out they have, there. They have a lot of uh, room, and they don't want people infringing upon their room, which I get. Yeah. Um. Like my neighbor's house is for sale. I'm thinking about buying it and knocking it down. Are you really can't afford it. But if I could afford it, I would think I would really think hard about it. I would buy it and then use it for stuff. I don't know. Knock it down and fence it in and do whatever I wanted with it. So yeah, I would use it for stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to do that. I have an indoor garden or something, or an outdoor garden. There you go. Because that'd be. A whole, a whole acre and a half plot over there for me to do whatever the goddamn fuck I wanted to. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I understand not wanting people. Like, they have 11 people in their state. <laughs> they all have guns. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep more people from moving in. You don't see a whole lot of, uh, tourism things for, uh, Montana. Like, but it is a beautiful place. Oh, well, I'm sure it's great, but they don't want people coming there. Like, fuck it. Just stay away. Leave us the fuck alone. It's like, um, it's bad enough all these Canadians trying to cross the border. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but one thing that's going to happen in West Virginia, and it just hasn't happened yet, but it's getting ready to break over. I can feel it. Is it's going to become a massive hippie mecca. And we're going to start getting those hippie dollars in, and it's going to start changing everything. And the people who lived in abject poverty and coal dust smeared shit, everything will want that life back because that's all they've ever known. And they don't like change at all, even though the change they're coming from is fucking horrid. You know what I mean? Well, you could still live whatever life you want, especially here. I mean, they're, they're, we have a lot of hollers and hills and stuff that those mm. hippies aren't going to be going anywhere near. Right. But. I don't know. They they like places. They like experiencing things. Maybe. I don't know. But almost every every piece of property has a private property, no trespassing. I don't dial 911 sign on it. So. Yeah. No, God. <laughs> I have to go to a lot of them. And I walk right on. Never. I've never been shot. <laughs> this, this, well, you're not. You're not black. I don't think they discriminate if they really wanted to shoot anybody. Yeah. I just don't think they really want to shoot anybody. I think, I think it's just a thing. Yeah, it's just that ah, this was 99 cents. Yeah. I'm going to buy it and put it this in the this, this helps me establish my identity as this person. Yeah. But I get the private property signs because people, they'll just drive onto your land and start doing donuts in your field. Mm, yeah. So then you can shoot them if they do that. Right. So that's what I like. As long as you got a private property sign. <laughs> There's also other rednecks that do that, you know? Well, yeah, it's the other people. They should know you. All right. Like, there should be like a, a, uh, a cross-referencing book. This, well, this is Jimbo's property. He, does, he doesn't <laughs> like when people, when people do donuts in his cornfield. Yeah. So we'll just stay out of there. It's he doesn't rep- mind if we tip his cows over. It's a reference book. Yeah. <laughs> Jimbo has a shotgun. Jimbo has a sniper rifle. What the fuck are you talking about? He is trained. Yeah. We should get the hell out of here. He's got lots of P- PTSD. Lots. <laughs> All the PTSD. Oh, yeah. He served two tours. He's, he's had a rough time since he got back. He has to take uh, Ambien every night. He's shoot, He's out there shooting the gun at whatever. He doesn't God, give a fuck. Terrifying. But anyway. Speaking of government overreaching, I found out there's a story of these two parents who their son was having set like 70 seizures a day. Yeah. And they gave him marijuana and he, had, and he had had a seizure in seven months. Yeah. And now they're going to have to go to fucking jail and they lost custody of their son. Because they don't live in a medical state. That's fucking stupid. I wish somebody would bash fucking Jeff Sessions. I wish Negan would bash Jeff Sessions. What state? That fucking what bat. state did they live in? Georgia, probably. Uh, it was one of the, yeah. It's one of those. All they would have to do. Was, they applied for a medical card. It took. There was, was a six year backlog. He said we didn't want our son suffering for another six years while we went through this fucking process. So we illegally obtained his weed and it was helping him immensely. I wonder if the wonder if CBD helps with that. It might no, not. It doesn't. I don't know that CBD does help with something like that. I think you need to. CBD it. helps with pain and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're going to take the good shit out of it, the cannabinoids are what are good in weed. You know, and otherwise you're just talking about a lubricant. That's all it is. Well, the CBD is the cannabinoids. The THC is what gets you high. Uh, fair. Okay. Well, there's all kinds of shit in there that's good for you, but right. they just take the thing that gets you high out or they don't. 
if they use it from hemp, it's not even in it in the first place. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's it's so stupid that it's still legal or illegal. Jesus Christ. It's so stupid. Uh, it needs to be taken care of. I mean, everybody needs it. God, every time <laughs> everybody really. Honest to God, everybody needs it. Well, we have receptors for it in our brain. In our lungs. They, yeah. They're all over us. Yeah. We're supposed to have it. We are. We literally evolved to have but, it. But there's people who overuse it to such a point that they're not even getting the benefit out of it. Yeah, there you is know. that. But if you take a nice little tolerance break, like next time, if I ever get to smoke fucking weed again, I'm going to get barbecued. <laughs> That's gonna wreck. I'm gonna get so like, well, that's what uh, Terrence McKenna. He's like a big psychedelic psychedelic guy. He said everybody uses weed wrong, including myself. Right. You're supposed to take long breaks in between, and then whenever you do it, you're supposed to do as much as you can possibly stand, and get as high as you possibly can, and get all the benefits you can from it, and then take another long break. You'll spend a day or two high. From that, and then take another long break. Like the thing because it doesn't leave, you know? Like right. It, it it swims around in there, and the CBDs are swimming around in there and help you, and the THC stays in your system for 20 fucking years. And Well, the thing about it is I'm, I'm misusing Kratom. I mean, I know I am. Um, yeah, you're not using it as directed. You're supposed to – that's supposed to – what do they sell it as? <laughs> like a, an incense or something? Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying – I'm, it's not hurting me, but it's not helping me. You know what I mean? It's like I use it so much, and it well, it helps me with the pain. Like I hardly have any pain, but because I, I don't have but to take aspirin. Have, no, sometimes like, but it's much a much more mild high. But also, there are drawbacks. Like with the especially with the red red mangda fucks me up like m- emotionally. Like if I use it heavily one day, and it starts to come out of my system, and I don't replenish it, it well, you know what they say. It's in the way that you use it, Chuck, and you're using it too much. <laughs> it's like I, God damn, what a perfect time for that song. I need to uh, pick a strain. The, the, the best, the best way to use it, if you want to continually use it, is pick a strain, use that strain for a while, and then switch strains and do it again and let your body, because your body will adapt to certain strains, but it doesn't, adapt, but they don't. There's no cross cross adapting. So, you know, but I've been using so many for so many different things. Like, I've got. Yellows and reds and greens, and I use green. Oh my! <laughs> I don't know. And I've got, and I've got, uh, I use greens for energy and to feel, you know, feel good, and it does work. But man, when I first started taking those greens, I was felt superhuman. Like I would run around, and feel great, and you, you uh, won a marathon that you weren't even registered for. <laughs> yeah, showed up, <laughs> showed up, wrote the number on my shirt, Sh- shaved it into your chest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tossing it back, <laughs> slapping everybody's asses that went by him. You know, good job, it up, good champ. job. <laughs> Who are you? I'm me. Now you keep going. <laughs> Don't worry about me. You worry about you. I was Rob Lowe from uh, Parks and Recreation yeah. Just- and Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do eight more takes, then twelve, then twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I like it. I want. I was thinking about maybe coming down and getting a little bit of it and sure, anytime. trip it out this evening on it. I've got, uh, I don't even know what kind you like best, though. I mean. I don't know. Do you like to relax or do you like to be amped? I like to not hurt. 
Well, reds are going to put you, a, make you go to sleep. They make, they make you sleepy. Oh, um, I want that right now, maybe around nine or ten o'clock. I think I'm going to try to take a tolerance break. Like I'm going to try to wean myself down where I don't have to take it for a couple of days. Because if you take, if I don't take it for three days and I take it again, man, that first hit is. Whew, it's like I never took it at all. You know, I feel amazing, but then the tolerance builds more quickly. You know, I wonder how long a tolerance break for a uh, kratom would be. I might just give that a quick goog. The goog. Tolerance break. Kratom. Let me see here. Anything hard for? There's a whole kratom subreddit. I'm sure. Another thing I'm feeling like kratom, like I did the first month I was taking. I usually take it five to six days a week. The weekend I took it three. I took three straight days off, and I'm still getting almost no effects from it. And they're just asking how high they're dosing. This person says they dose about five grams two to three times a day. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I don't take that much. Hmm. No, no, I'll take a few days off. I think I will. I mean, maybe, maybe Reddit's not the best. <laughs> No, I, I, I actually, and you can do different things. Like, um, I started mixing it with turmeric. Turmeric's good for you. Yeah, and 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 drinking it down, and whew, that's a rough one, but um, but it it intensifies the effect, and you feel good. I just I would like to have that opiate type buzz I got from the when I had it in the beginning. So I'm going to try to wean myself down and try it that way. And that's going to be rough, though. That's going to have to be. I'm going to try not to take it before I go to work this evening and go as long as I can before the aches start to pile up. And then I take it and then it helps. And then do and keep doing that, like go longer and longer without having to take it, you know, and then just quit taking it all together for a while. So. But but the benefit, like I said, I don't have to take uh, aspirin, ibuprofen. I don't have to do any of that because I just don't have any pain. You you know? just, from everything I've been seeing and reading and hearing, we, nobody should be taking ibuprofen at all. I know, but it's so helpful. Short term it is. Yeah. But it's so bad long term. No, no. Of course, I took dozens a day. Of course, we did because they told us know. it was safe. Said, yeah, it's great. Yeah, just take mean, ibuprofen. Meantime, you know what it does? What it causes inflammation—the very thing you're taking it for. You know, the, they say the best thing for is fucking aspirin. Yeah, if, if it's you're willow not, bark. Aspirin is willow bark. If you're not into into kratom, or if you don't have access to it or anything, they just say just a fucking fistful of aspirin, which I take six or seven a day. Mm-hmm. Not six or seven fistfuls, <laughs> six or seven aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! He spends mo- most of his monthly income goes towards aspirin, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a dollar a bottle <laughs> for a thousand pills. He's aspirin literally is just so cheap, yeah. and and it's one of those things. That's why they, if society crashes, and that's like, why they fucking invented other things. Like Jesus Christ, we got to figure out. Something I know else. that's the thing though. If, if society crashes and there's a shortage of stuff, aspirin is going to be one of those things that's so valuable to have. Yeah, it's like kratom. I have all that kratom. I have so much kratom now, in case they take it away from us, and in case something would happen because it's it, it would be very valuable. What's as, your address? As a medicine. So the DA knows. Yeah, I know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're a fucking kratom kingpin at Charlton Heights. <laughs> 
<laughs> like who are you who are you who are you selling this to? No one. Is this from the, this is all for personal is this use from the cartel? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the, me and another guy. It's a cartel. You're the you're the uh, fucking what's his name? Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar of, of Kratom. Kratom in West Virginia. God, S- snorting Kratom. You got a, like you Scarface. You got a big pile. God, that would be so rough. Oh God, <laughs> so bitter. Like no, the consistency's not meant for snorting. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a. Uh, you could dump a full teaspoon into a thing of water and it just floats on. Top. I know. It's oh, like you have to mix on. it. Like come on, put it in a paint stirrer. <laughs> You have to get an auger and (laughs) (laughs) there's still chunks in it. Oh, this is going to be terrible. (laughs) Then you get it down 10 minutes later. Worth it. Completely. Oh, completely. (laughs) It is a weird, it is a weird thing because it is only 10 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. It's almost exactly like weed in that way because weed, as soon as you take a hit, bam, Mm -hmm. unless you don't know how to smoke weed, but, uh, like an edible, like an edible weed sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, alcohol sneak up on you. But um, I, I think an edible would mess me up. I think it'd be. I I've never had. I might freak out. I've only had the ones I've made, and it's been they've been fine. But like a real one that somebody that knew what they were doing, like a professional one, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I I want it, but I'm just not allowed to have it <laughs> right now. Yeah. So. Whatever. <laughs> so stupid. I know. It's the dumbest shit ever. I'm going to get a glass of water. You go get a glass of water. I'll, I'll uh, keep trying to entertain these fine folks here. I got bottles in there that are cold, probably. My big metal bottles. And also got RC. If you want an RC. Yeah, I only bought it literally because the, the old 70s can. The old 70s can. I'm thinking maybe they put use the old 70s formula that was so fucking delicious. I think I'll have water and an RC. I loved RC back in the day. Huh? I loved it back in the day. It's good cola. So last night they did a uh, what do you, what uh, what they call bare knuckle fights, and apparently it was very bloody, which it would be. Yeah. But uh, it was probably a lot better on head trauma because you literally don't have your fucking. They they had wrist tape mm-hmm. and then up to up to here, up to uh, right before their knuckles, so their wrists were still taped up pretty good. But like if you've ever seen a boxer's wrapping, there there's no hurting their hands, you know. It's like Hacktail Jim Duggan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when he used to pull out the roll of tape? <laughs> that hand is like a canned ham. <laughs> that should be a foreign object. His hands were big. Hacktail Jim Duggan oh, yeah. was a big fucking dude. But I saw I saw um, some highlights of it. And everybody was cut up. But um, I'd say it's probably better for their brains in the long run. Yeah. Like the fight getting stopped from cuts or something than just absolute demolishing their brain and it was boxing only there was no mma no elbows or anything i wish they would go that way fuck it bring back the crump on that's essentially what we have except for they're not naked no the pancration was there are there are no rules the only rule is there are no rules (laughs) let's do favorite things yeah let's do it it's favorite it up wrong fuck god damn it i'm so bad at Finding stuff today. 
It's in the way that you use it. Drops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Whiskers on titties. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up. Favorite things. What do you got? Um, this week I've got. Uh, I started reading uh, the Dragonlance Legends series. Uh huh. And it's after the Chronicles of and- Narnia. No, Chronicles of Narnia suck. I'm sorry, they're no good. But um, agree to agree. <laughs> I'm going to use that sometime. <laughs> maybe I do, and maybe I do. Um, there were two characters from the Chronicles. There was Raisel and Karim and the twin brothers. Raisel is this ultra powerful wizard, but his health is non-existent. He's like fragile. His brother's this big hulking fucking warrior dude. But he doesn't have any magic. No, but Minimal. he's. No, no magic. Korean is one of those places like Dragonlance is, is kind of like uh, um, kind of like Westeros or the world of ice and fire. Man, magic is when it when it happens is special. You know, it's not like Forgotten Realms where magic is basically like electricity. You know, they just it's just a thing. Which both have pros and cons. But anyway, I prefer limited magic. But anyway, um, Raceland by the end of the Chronicles has started to go down this path where he's he he's challenging the gods. He's become that powerful. And he's got this whole plan and it's working. But meanwhile, his bro- he abandoned his brother towards the end. His brother became a hopeless alcoholic. Very, very weighty stuff for a fantasy series, you know. Because they didn't pull any punches. He got fat. He got hopeless. His wife had enough of him. It threw him out. And she said, "If you're not going to come back the way you were when when I first started, when I first fell in love with you, don't come back at all." And throw, and then he and this character named Tasselhoff Burfoot, who's a kinder, he's kind of like a hobbit kind of Tasselhoff Tasselhoff Burfoot. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, <laughs> I know. Oh my god! I just now thought about that. Well, there was a guy uh, that always wore tassels. Yeah, like he had a leather jacket that had tassels all over it, and my buddy Brandon was like, eh, "What is he, David Tasselhoff?" And, God, that's fucking. And he laughed and laughed and laughed. He was really good about that. There was a at the rec center at WVU. We'd always play basketball. Yeah, and there was a guy that always had spalding everything, and it wasn't like we were making fun of him for for having spalding stuff because we were poor dipshits too. Yeah, but he had. Like he specifically only wore Spalding stuff and like or Rawlings, I'm sorry, Rawlings, Rawlings. Yeah. yeah, Rawlings shirt, Rawlings shorts, Rawlings shoes, Rawlings headband, and everything. Rawlings, and he called him Sir Walter Rawlings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking perfect. I gotta meet this guy. Um, but anyway, the story goes down this path where Raceland has figured out how he's going to defeat. The Queen of Darkness, Tachesis, which is like the, the Satan figure of Kryn, right? And what he has to do is he has to get, there's this portal, and the only way it can be opened, and they did this on purpose, is if a cleric of Paladine, which is the good god, and uh, and somebody who's evil, pure evil, open it together. By the rationale saying this can't happen. Why they just wouldn't close it off altogether, I don't fucking know. Just make it not possible. You know, wall it up, destroy it, do something. You know, build that wall, build that wall. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he figures it out and he makes this uh, this lady cleric of Paladine, Crescania, who is 
beautiful and all this, but she's cold and she's been privileged and she doesn't understand. She's never been in love for one thing. And then she falls in love with Raceland because he's so powerful and driven and he is charismatic. But one of the reasons he's charismatic because he's so fucking powerful, you know. But he's also, one of the reasons he's charismatic is because he's so tough. He's had to deal with this awful health his whole life. He has this cough where he'll start coughing up blood and he has to take this drink, which I thought, man, it's got to be Kratom. Because <laughs> it's like herbs and it smells bitter and all this. Like, it's fucking Kratom he's taking. But um, then his brother, like I said, had become a hopeless alcoholic. So much so that people didn't even recognize him. Like he got really fat and he was you know, a big brawny guy. You know what I mean? But then they got sent back in time because he knew the the only way to save this lady cleric because uh, this death knight come up to her and says die he just points at her and goes die and that's death you know this he, Lord Soth is an awesome character he we'll get on this side point for a minute he fell in love with an elven woman and was a knight of Salomnia which are these like this knight knightly order I guess the closest thing would be the Knights Templar in our world and. Uh, <laughs> off his wife and it was a human and then he felt so bad about it his, his honor was so messed up there's this thing called the cataclysm and it destroyed this world and you know uh, it changed it fundamentally and he went to Paladine the good god and said I can't stand this I need to fix my honor he's like okay here's what you can do you can go now and sacrifice yourself your life for and stop the cataclysm that's coming and all will be forgiven and you know you, your stay on your honor will be you know fixed and all this stuff and he didn't do it and he turned around anyway he's now a death knight which is this eternal awful thing i mean he's so powerful but he's just this undead creature anyway he killed her and they sent her back in time where she could be healed by this guy and uh racing with one went with her and caramel went back with her and he actually got thrown in this gladiatorial school and lost all the weight and sweated all the booze out of him. And it's a really good story. But then his brother succeeds and the, the world is shattered. It's destroyed. He, you know, because one of the gods looks at him and says, you know, you've won. Yeah, you've won. But now you preside over a dead world. There is nothing that you're there's nothing you're going to be able to observe. There's nothing that you're going to be able to control. There's not. You know, he's like, you don't. He's a wall create life. He said, no, you won't. You're evil. Evil doesn't create life. And just saying to these things to him so fundamentally, you know what I mean? So matter-of-factly. And I'm on the third book now, and they have to go back and fix this from happening. And I've read it before. I know how it ends up. But I just, I'm staggered by the fact that the Chronicles, especially at the beginning, were very amateurish. I mean, the characters were original and neat, and some of the stuff was really good, like some of the imagery. And this will lead me to another favorite thing. But by the time the Legends gets around, the, the Legends are as good as any epic fantasy I've ever read. As a matter of fact, they have very, a lot of the tone and stuff they have is a lot like George R. R. Martin. I mean, it's, it feels the same, you know. Maybe a little bit more pathos and less violent, less gratuitous violence and all that stuff. But the same kind of feeling. So that's a good, but the, but the coolest thing about it was, is that I I tweeted one of the writers of this, Margaret Weiss, and she tweeted me back and retweeted what I said and actually carried on somewhat of a conversation with me. I was fucking... That made my day for like a week. I was like, this is awesome. We talked about it last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm saying that's... Well, fuck you. (laughs) We did. 
And I went on a whole thing about how she's like, well, write yourself, faggot. Yeah. And she was like, no. And you were like, but I'm not good. And and you are. You write it, faggot. Right. <laughs> so you guys call each other faggot a bunch. Yeah. But anyway. I um, had a good time. There's that. Um, there was something else that I was. Well, you can get to it after I get to my. Go ahead. I'm so, yeah. I, Tanya. Oh, you watched it? It's on Hulu. Is it good? It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Margot Robbie is... Isn't it Margot Robbie? Margot Robbie. Yeah. And they they figured out a way to make her not look just insanely hot. Still hot, though. I mean, you oh, yeah. can't completely cover that up. No. But if everything in the movie is half true... Um, You're rooting for Tanya and yeah. Nancy Kerrigan, because Nancy Kerrigan was a cunt. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Ice princess. But they... Like they just the the judges would always give her lower scores because we don't feel like she should represent us because she's white trash because she's a fucking redneck yeah she, and in the movie she's like I didn't hide the fact that I was a redneck I'm I'm, I'm white trash I'm garbage but I, I was the best skater nobody was better than me yeah actually I mean. having seen them both skate I think Tony Harding was a better skater you know I mean. I don't remember it very well. I don't well. know. I, the, the ju- I don't understand the judging. I don't know. I don't get the criteria. Oh, no. I mean, I, she's the only I, one that did do a triple axel. Yeah, I, I, the only she woman. Like that was that was a men thing. And she did three in a fucking row. Yeah, because she was a fucking hoss. <laughs> yeah, was, she had. You ever seen her leg muscles yeah. like the actual Tanya Harding? She she was built like a fucking tank. Yeah, and the movie is fucking hilarious. Fucking Margot Robbie's awesome. Uh, Sebastian Stan is Gululi. Uh The guy. That- <laughs> It's great. The guy that uh, you know who they should have gotten to play uh, uh, the that fat fuck is they uh, got Rob Delaney. Was, they got whoever it was was perfect. Yeah, don't worry about that. Whoever they got to play him was perfect because he he thinks he's like this international fucking espionage guy and he's Tanya Hardy's unpaid bodyguard. Yeah, she, she really never said he was a bodyguard. He would just walk around with him. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that happening. Like, what, what is going on here? You know? but, he, but like in the movie, he's like a. a I do this. I'm involved in international espionage. I have crews all over the world, and like, and he lives with his parents. Yeah, he lives in the basement of his mom's house, and he's just a dumb, fat piece of shit. But yeah. the guy that played him is amazing. <laughs> and they had like inter like um, evidence interviews. Like it, it, it would the the aspect ratio would switch and like the filter over top of it looked like old shitty VHS yeah, yeah. whatever they would go into that and I looked up some of them afterwards of the actual ones and I was like oh my god did they fucking nail this <laughs> yeah. and who played the mom who played her mom because she was fucking phenomenal too um, I think I should I feel like I should know she knows mom I think uh, Allison Janney yes. yes Allison Janney played her mom in this movie I, I was gonna say and that she's before she's so I, fucking good yeah my, and she's smoking all the time and she nails the character because they showed some actual interview footage of her and I was like oh Jesus yeah. fucking Christ what a cold who played Nancy Kerrigan bitch she's barely in it it's just a couple a couple scenes of her skating and them and they were friends oh were they like they roomed together and they got drunk together and everything before I didn't know that yeah According to this movie, maybe not. Maybe like, some creative license there. What they were supposed to do it was call in death threats against Nancy Kerrigan because somebody called in death threats against Tanya Harding. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was the dumb, fat fucking bodyguard just to get things going. And she didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know any. She knew about the death threats. Like, they were going to do that. And she was like, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. And 
like I don't need you to because I'm going to be the best whenever it comes time to skate. Right. And then it changed, and she didn't know about that. She literally, legitimately didn't know about that. And there's a scene where she I'm, see she, I'm, confer- she goes up and confronts the judges after her after her scores are read and somebody's in the middle of the ice getting ready to do her thing. She's why the fuck are my scores so low? No, but I'm out skating everybody here just because I look the way I look and I'm from where I'm from and I drink and I smoke and everything doesn't mean that I'm not the best skater here. And they're like, honey, you just need to to move on. You're not the, the and she goes into the parking lot and after another event and and uh, same thing. Like we just don't feel like you represent the United States the best. Like, do you not want the best person winning? They don't uh, see, dude. I mean, you and I both know this. Okay, it's like this, um, and that, and this, and uh, <laughs> who gives a fuck about hoes? Let's just chill to the next episode. <laughs> we should say at the end of every episode. <laughs> um, okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a great bodybuilder, right? But He's not the best bodybuilder ever, and he's not even the best bodybuilder of his era. The best bodybuilder of his era was Sergio Oliva. Why didn't Sergio Oliva win? Because he's black, Mm. and he's Cuban. So that's even worse in 1960s and 70s America. Mm. The guy had wrists like this and a forearm like this. He is fucking insane looking. Freakish. A little bit smaller than my wrist and forearm, but not bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you looked like that You would have no problem Getting laid None of us would The guy's I don't know He's fucking He was nuts big But Nuts, um, nuts big Nuts big <laughs> Big nuts um, What's up big nuts <laughs> Isn't that uh, Who who does that I don't know that, that was a thing That was some British comic Said that He said everybody likes it No big dick Hey you doing big dick Everybody likes it You're like hey <laughs> See Told you Um but anyway, uh, Arnold was marketable. A, because he's charismatic as fuck, man. He really was. Um, but by the judging criteria, he shouldn't won, He shouldn't have touched the top five in his last contest. Not the top five. Mike Mincer fucking wiped the floor with him and couldn't buy a win. Why? Because Mike, Pen- Mike Mincer is a prick, and so was his brother. But they knew they were the best bodybuilders. And so that's like any sport. The people who's the person who's the face of it is going to win, you know, so. Yeah, but um, she, uh, Margaret Robbie was fucking awesome. It was was funny. I would really like to say it made you mad. Yeah. If you got Hulu, if you. I don't have Hulu. Still somebody's password, man. It's fucking good. I just should buy Hulu. I have, I've got. I've, it's not expensive. It might be on other things too by now. I mean, it Maybe just on came Netflix. on Hulu the other day. Yeah, but it's it's very funny. And if, like I said, if it's true at all about the judge thing, then you kind of understand her fucking anger. Of course, about the and it, and they fucking banned her for life after that. And like that's why she had to do with boxing, and she apparently wasn't fucking half bad at that. No, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. She fought Paula Jones though. But she did. I think she went and did real boxing, though. Oh, did she? Like against actual boxers, and she did okay. And did okay. Yeah, like Christy Martin, the coal miner's daughter, might have tuned her up a little bit. But I mean, she was the best in the world at the time. Yeah. 
Layla Ali might have fucked her up. Yeah, Layla Ali could have beaten a few men, probably. That's possible. No, I don't actually know. No. Boxing's one of those sports. There is a massive disconnect between well, them. Yeah, because it's all hands. Yeah. Like, if if Ronda Rousey could not get hit and get in on somebody her size, she could throw them and then get on top of them and do a uh, an arm bar. Mm-hmm. But if she got hit, it probably wouldn't go very well. Because no. as I've seen... Doesn't take a punch very well. No, not a good chance. Or a kick to the head. <laughs> not, doesn't take those very well either. She gets a little bit shocked. Yeah. Whenever that happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, you end up, you, you think, like, that's what's funny about uh, Hollywood movies. The Lifetime movie would be about Nancy Kerrigan and oh, her yeah. struggles. Yeah. But, like, the real good movie is about the heel. It's right. about. It's about Tanya fucking Harding, Nancy. and it's fucking far more interesting. Nancy Kerrigan would be Ice Princess, and she was she Anne was, Hathaway would uh, an up and not 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 an Anne Hathaway now, but an up and coming Anne, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway would play. You know, but um, in the movie, in the middle of the movie, she's like, "Here's the thing about Nancy," and she goes talks about how they were friends, and like they stay up all night talking and drinking and getting high and all this stuff, and, she, and then she said, "After all this happened, and she's she gets the silver fucking medal." And she just looks like she'd rather, looks like she stepped in shit. She looks like she'd rather be anywhere else than there, mm-hmm. the silver medal. I came in eighth and I was happy just to, just to have been allowed to do it. Yeah. And, and she's up there and I skated better than all of them, by the way. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. I skated better yeah, than all of them. Yeah. And she's up there. She gets the silver and she just looks like she stepped in shit. Yeah. And then they had a thing with her. Like she was, she went to Disney World and she was really shitty about it. And, you know, I don't give a fuck if you know it's corny as shit. You sit there and fucking smile. <laughs> With your big teeth. Yeah, yeah. You look like a fucking shark. <laughs> Looks like you could eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. <laughs> God, that's the best one. <laughs> um, it's like Patton Oswalt was talking about how he had to go with Ratatouille. He had to go on Disney Channel, and he said... He said, you know, I'm a comedian and I, of course, I live for irony and all this stuff, but I had to go on these kids TV shows and you have to be nice. You can't be a dick. (laughs) It's like, fuck you. If you're a dick, you have to sit there and smile and you have to go along with it, even though they're hitting you with the with the softball questions over and over and over and you get bored with it. He's like, you sit there and smile and you act like you're happy to be there. And you are. He's like, "Be, be legit happy to be there, but understand what it is and don't be a dick. Nancy Kerrigan was a fucking dick. Yeah. I mean, she. She should have gotten the silver and said, I'm honored to have done this. I've skated against the best people in the world. She should have been ecstatic to get yeah. the silver. Silver's a big deal. You yeah. Know? Um, it, it's like uh, one of the biggest uh, things I don't like is there was this bodybuilder who's now in jail for the rest of his life named Craig Titus. Um, a great name for a bodybuilder. I know. Yeah, I, I, it might be made up. He was on all the juice. But um, he was such a cocksucker. For one thing, he was good looking before he started bodybuilding, oh, and, he, and he just he got all jacked up, and he was great looking and jacked up, and he was just and he was a dickhead on top of it, piece of shit. And he lost a major contest, which he should have lost. The guy came in and was in much better shape and all stuff, and he went like this to the crowd, and walked off the stage. Fuck you, fuck you. Stand up there and get your fucking second place trophy and smile and don't be a fucking cocksucker. I can't stand that shit. Should have been playing the music for that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's a good fucking movie. Everybody should watch it. I liked it a lot. And uh, uh, I'm trying to think of something else that, I, that I've endeavored into that might have been good. 
Just uh, the rest of development's great. Yeah. Like I said, only seen the first episode of the second season. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, new Father John Misty album came out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, dude. It's pretty good. If, you, if you're into that type of thing, I can tell you. I might play a little... A little smidgen of one of the songs right right here, right now. Let me see. This one. Sun is rising. I like it already. It's fucking great. Black is turning blue. have gotten back to uh, himself in this one. His last one was really um, it was uh, it was called Pure Comedy. It was it was all about how everything's fucked. And like he had songs that were six minutes, 13 minutes, five minutes, nine minutes, 58 seconds in six minutes. And it, and it was all preachy and I think it was him trying to lose fans. Why do you think he would do that? I don't think he liked the people that were watching him, which I think is a bit of a dick. That's a dick move. Yeah, but I mean, he's an out here, out there fucking guy, I guess. Well, it's like Metallica turning their back on their on their original fans and saying it. Lars Lars Ulrich basically said that. You know, I don't care about getting more popular and all that stuff, but he just basically said fuck you to his old fans and embraced all this new audience that came their way you know and a lot of people did the exact like he's doing the exact opposite. yeah all these people who came to him now he's gonna turn his back and wants the original core fans back yeah Pearl Jam did it they didn't go out and say it but but I don't think they were comfortable from the beginning with that I don't like, think they were I, I don't th- I think they thought they might have been yeah and then, and then they were like oh Jesus yeah, then, then 10 happened like yeah and then Versus happened too because Versus was huge Versus, Versus sold had the biggest selling first week ever yeah at the time and that stood till I think uh, Sync. yeah Sync's second album broke it I mean, they sold a million albums in a week man. that's that's big yeah <laughs> But this, I mean, he's not even coming close to that. His albums are maybe getting gold, which is 500,000. And after this, the last one, it'll go down. Right. But, I mean, this is back to what he did, which I like. Yeah. No, I don't want everybody, I don't want them to do the same thing over and over and over and over. But I also don't want to be, there's nothing worse, and we've all been this group. Everybody's been this person, I think, to a small degree. Um,. Well, I liked them before they were popular, and you're part of the in in club, you know. Yeah, that's not that's bullshit. I mean, don't be that person. I, I admit that I he's he's Father John Missy's never been super popular, just, mm-hmm. just like people in the fringe. But uh, I would love it if he got super popular. Yeah, I would think it was great. He deserves it, but he I don't think he wants it. Even right. though he did write a song for um, Lady. Uh, and it was a good song And you could tell It was one of his songs too Because mm. you know how if, if the Beatles Wrote a song for somebody It's still a Beatles song It's still a Beatles song Yeah but You could just tell It was one of his It had the same markings Of a Father John An FJM song <laughs> But like this This is him at his Most Father John Misty And I like it There's There's um, He's snarky Like he, all of his Not all of his songs But like 
a lot of his songs have some snarkiness in them and mm-hmm. humor and everything in it. And I think this is much closer back to what he was doing, even though it sounds completely different. Right. But he's still got that buttery voice. It's really good. Just melted like it. butter. This, this is great. What's your politics? What's your religion? I like it. Yeah. It's fucking good good tunes, bro. Good tunes. I need something new. I, I, I've, I've stifled when it comes to music. So what are you looking for, man? I don't know, man. I, I'm... I need to get more Ray LaMontagne because I really love him. Ray LaMontagne. And, there, and there's a lot of... I think he's got a new album out. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, and I, and there's so much material to cover. So I need to get out of just Trouble, which, holy fuck, is that a good album. But I've been listening to... I, I'm, I've been fixated on one of his older songs. It's off the Trouble album. We are literally doing what we said we weren't going to do. I don't give a fuck, man. Hey, I got to go take a piss real quick. You mind if I do that? Neat. I'll, I'll hit pause. Nobody will even know I was gone. And we're back. They didn't even know we were gone. These motherfuckers. They didn't. It was twenty five. Time travel. It was on a whole radio. day. It was a whole day. <laughs> anyway, any hoozles? What were you going to play? Uh, there is one of my. There are actually two songs I wanted to play. Uh, this is off the Trouble album, which is a great album. Is it Trouble? Huh? Is it Trouble? Trouble, Trouble. trouble no, it's not Trouble. trouble actually, trouble, it's the. Trouble. It is the sophomore song on the album. The second song. So. <laughs> I like it already because it's a lady dancing with the devil. Yeah. This reminds me of Neil Young circa 1972. He's just great. He's like a combination of Van Morrison and... uh, Isn't he a British guy? I don't know if he is or not. I don't think he is. You can never tell when they sing. Right. Yeah, this definitely reminds me of Uncle Neil. Talk about butter. Mm-hmm. I guess you don't want me to repeat it. Graphic, I mean, everything I have to give, to you. It's not like we planned it. You tried to stay, but you could not stand it. To see me shut down slow as though it was an easy thing to do. I like how the uh, beat stopped for this here. Yeah, he's. It's, the album is. This is a panty robber. I was playing this up at uh, Hawk's Nest when I worked up there, and I worked with two good female friends, and they were like, oh my god. I was like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is. <laughs> and I showed him a picture of him. And he's a tall, skinny guy. Yeah, wispy beard. Probably has a huge stick. <laughs> Same thing with Father John Missy. Those type of guys just they because they walk around with big dick confidence. Like I know you've never seen Father John Missy perform, but he walks around like he's got a nine inch cock and he can't wait to shove it in somebody. You know? Yeah. God damn those guys. <laughs> and he's fucking good looking. Yeah. Great beard and he sings like a goddamn angel. So I guarantee you Ray Lamont. Packing some heat. Okay, this song is great, but for a, uh, a little bit more upbeat, there's this one. I 
a little, got a little kick to it. I'm gonna go home and listen to it this in its entirety this evening. <laughs> and I'll, I might just go to a Raylan Montana, Raylan Montana tangent and just listen just to it. Download the full discography. Yeah. And sit through it. I think I've listened to all of the last three days. I've listened to all of Father John Missy shit. The man in the relationship with Cuck. Who am I to think I can go it alone? Something tells me, girl, this is bringing you down. Hey, let me play one I think you'll like. Okay. I think you'll like this one. This is Father John Misty? No, this is Whiskey Town. Okay. I like it already? I can tell in the first 10 seconds it was basically a duet. Yeah. It's Ryan Adams, but it's it was back. Who's he with? It's Whiskey Town. That's the name of Is his it old a band. Girl? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna like that. I, for some reason that gets me every time. It's like an old Kenny and Dolly, they're all singing the whole time. I love it. That fiddle just caught it. On the streets we used to know. The girl singing is uh, the one playing the fiddle too. All the things it's the best. It's the best. Beckoning there to and fro. Yeah, dude. This I love it. Shit, I man. love it. If the money what is this? Right, Easy Hearts by Whiskey Town. Yep. Getting up. Can I be yours tonight? I've been You can really just go through the entire. Whiskey Town. I think they had two or three albums. This it's is called Easy Hearts. Easy Hearts. Yeah, this song is just about drinking. It's literally romanticizing alcoholism, but in, in like a nice way, not like in the new country way. There. God damn it! I forget. Music on my name. Is it not for sale? Let me see. It won't let me buy. Uh, Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's literally about being <laughs> at a bar and just loving it. <laughs> Have you ever been, like we've talked about this before, there's those moments, alcoholism is an awful, awful, I cannot stress how awful it is. You never had a problem with alcohol, I don't think. No, I mean, I have a problem the next day. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, fair. You motherfucker. But you never had a problem with it where it was just absolutely abjectly destroying your life. And by the way, I really need to stop, to use it. stop using abjectly. I've been really using that You really lean on it. I, I've been leaning on it. I'm not going to do that anymore. I hate when I do that. But um, just really destroyed my life. But there are a handful of times where there was no fights. It was listening to good music. You meet good people. You dance. You have a great time, and those are almost enough to keep you in the fucking game. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, yeah, it's like that kept me in because I almost had those moments all the time, but then it would de- degenerate into something awful because of me because I can't handle my alcohol and I can't handle my life on alcohol. But I remember having one of the biggest ones as I came back and we were down the road at the place down the road. Not the hole in the wall, but the... George's? Yeah. And... Like, this song is about that night. Yes. This song it is really, about that night. Like, yes. write your name on the matchbook sleeve. Yes. Oh, God damn it. You see all your old friends. You give them hugs. You're, it's so much love in the room, and you're having good times. Nobody gets out of line. Nobody gets really too drunk. You're you know, Everybody's smoking cigarettes. You know, just like having a great time. I love those moments. 
And I'm so sad sometimes that I can't have them anymore. Because that is really a beautiful thing sometimes. Me and John Morgan, Friday night, he came over and we watched some fights and got drank some beers and just we listened to the new Father John Misty album together for the first time. Yeah. First time either of us heard it. And then we just started listening to other music. We started talking about making another album together. Yeah. He said we should make a double album. And I said we should call it Double Up or Two for the Money. <laughs> <laughs> double Quarter Pounder. We were hammered. Yeah. Ooh, double Quarter Pounder. That's a good one. We talked about making split albums for his songs, for my songs, and then two each of us writing one. I don't even know if we talked about that, but that'd be cool too. Yeah. <laughs> two of us writing together. Or just uh, doing singles. Every few months, go in and record a new song. Yeah. And make singles out of it and send, send them out on the airwaves. Not the airwaves, but internet. Yeah. And let people listen to them that way instead of making full albums because nobody fucking listens to them anymore. No. I've only had... 700,000 people download my album. I mean, that's... God. I probably should have charged for it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine it's if like, that many people actually did? It's like the like, Oh, Jesus. I, I have more pull around here than I thought. It's like Homer Simpson when he's in the B-Sharps. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to all the money you made? It's like, all oh, these are questions for another time. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go around telling everybody you were bigger than Jesus, did you? It's the name of our second album. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another one by Whiskey Town that I think you'll like. Two, three, four. Fuck yeah! It's got all the shit you like in country, and none of the bullshit that you don't like. Yeah. Excuse me if I break my own heart. God, it's good. It's it so is good. so good. It's mine from the finish of kiss. It's mine from the start. What's this one called? Uh, excuse me if, if I break my own heart. I love it. I mean, it's, it's... He's got a song called Dancing with the Women at the Bar that's fucking incredible. It's just good drunk music. That's why I wish I was a... There's no time in alcoholic's life when they don't wish... And wish on a continuous basis. Well, I should put it this way. There's no time in their life they don't wish where they could drink like everybody else, where they could have a good time. Um, no, no, it's just not possible. You know, I, you didn't, you knew me briefly when I drank. Yeah. And I don't think I was pleasant to be around. So you're all right. Yeah. But you, well, you didn't even see the bottom. You know, that no. was, that was, that was about here. I got to about here. It was, it was bad, and you know, I much prefer who I am now. You know, so like I said, you know, when I hear music like that, that music is so temp- is so full of temptation because I, that's the the song that hits you. Like you know, let's go out to the bar. Let's have a drink. Let's laugh. Let's you know, and the next thing you know, all hell's breaking. Yeah, loose. it's awful. Fists are flying. I, it was never that with me. It was more depression. Like, this is also Ryan Adams, in case you're wondering. It's basically a song about him putting a drunk girl to bed. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. This is a great part coming up right here. Again. 
Yeah, it's fucking great, man. I'm not this. Those songs I just heard, I haven't been that excited for a piece of music since I heard like Street Fighter. So. Great man. Every now and then, Ron Adams fucking nails it. He nails it with this song, but he he decides to put out everything that he records, yeah, that he writes, because I think he has like a genius complex, yeah. And sometimes you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. How about just get the good ones off of those 75 songs you wrote? And <laughs> they don't all have to be that, you know. He also has a shitload of super duper sad songs too. You ever heard his version of Wonderwall? No. Let me play another Ray Lantane here in a second. Oh, you're gonna love this one. Horns. I like horns. Yeah. Horns, upbeat, Two fucking driving blues. Oh, I love that. Gonna give it back to you. It's so Appalachian that it doesn't even know what to do with itself. <laughs> I know, isn't it? He didn't even spit out his chew whenever he recorded this. <laughs> I don't believe in anybody who feels the way I do about you now. I like this version better than the, uh, the Oasis version by a long shot. I'm sure you've heard it all before. You never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. I love it. It's fucking great. You know the roads. Play your thing. Okay. You ready? Because he's gonna. This, this one starts from the beginning. Go ahead. Oh shit! First song, gossip in the green. Must be a sixty soul. Baby. Oh, man! It's been a long day, baby. Things ain't been going my way, and though I need you here, you clear my mind all the time. And baby, it's fucking good, dude. This is the song that you, you move, bitch, send the lyrics to the girl to the girl you love. This is the uh, it's like you see the right dancing in the kitchen me, scene. Yes, on the yes, first, yes. The first home date yes. song. Yeah, dude, I saw this movie. And I think you would love it. It's called Blue Jay. It's on Netflix. Mark Duplass wrote it. I'm a big Mark Duplass fan. Mm-hmm. He, he's the the pioneer of a, uh, a genre of movies called mumblecore. Okay. They're fiercely independent. They make zero money. They have zero budget. It was, I love it already. <laughs> yeah, it was, there's two fucking people in this movie. It's Mark Duplass and uh, Sarah Paulson. And they're uh, old high school sweethearts who run into each other after 22 or 23 years. And they try to get back what they had then, even though she's married and has kids. And he's he's whatever he is. He seems like he's a bit of a loser. Mm-hmm. My God. 
all the things like it goes through like there's a scene like this where they're dancing around and, and all that shit and, like his mom just died yeah it's like on um i know it was a big budget movie and it's been much been more made of it made much more has been made of it than it actually was but that scene uh in sleeping at the enemy where julie roberts and the guy are dancing to brown eyed girl yeah is one of the prettiest things i've ever seen you know it's yeah there's a lot of that in this movie like they try to get back they, they go through they sit in his room because his mom just died and he's going back to get everything back together you know and um they're sitting in his room and like they're going through all of his old shit like they have tapes that they recorded when they were kids that's awesome together and you're just like oh Jesus fucking Christ and there's then, something they're about from the 90s so yeah they're, like, yeah they're talking they're making references to there's something there's something about bittersweet youth lost and you know and it, this movie fucking captures it I need to see that yes yeah, I think it'll fuck me up though it I'll, does a I'll, be, bit, I'll be a, I'll be a like ball and mess it's fine it's, it's fine okay but uh, but this, all this guy's movies are good. Like he made Creep and Creep Two. He wrote it, and uh, he might have directed it, but I'm not sure. But um, yeah, like I, I, I can't really say a whole lot without spoiling the movie. But it's just, it just takes place over one afternoon through the night, and they stay together. That sounds good. It's very good. Literally like, just two of them. Yeah, sounds like a. Before Sunrise, or it could be, it probably is influenced by that because yeah. he's a Linklater guy. He's, oh, is he? He's a big yeah. Linklater fan. Yeah, but yeah, dude, I because uh, I heard him talking about it on a podcast, and I was like, I have that's the one movie of his I haven't seen. So I looked it up as soon as I got home, and it's fucking good. It's very fucking good. I got obsessed with this song this week, and I thought. It belongs in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Play it for you real quick. You'll get it as soon as it starts. Doesn't it sound like it should be in a Quentin Tarantino yes, it movie? Does. Got that step. Don't oh, that's is that the uh, Osleys? Everly. Everly Brothers. Osleys. No, it's not a bunch of big black dudes. <laughs> it's a couple of little tiny white guys. <laughs> I love this song. I forgot about it completely. And the, the weaving of the harmonies, man, that shit gets me every time. But like, I, like I'm picturing like a guy going and buying flowers and going home while this song's playing. Yeah. And he get, he walks in the door and his wife's on the couch fucking a dude. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> didn't need that image. Yeah, you know. And then well, that's what I'm picturing. And then he goes on a murderous rampage because it's a Tarantino. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, this song's this song's the tits. Anyway, what else you want to do? Is that me? Or you? You? Oops. I like that. Whatever it is, it's on. Uh, that's a falling through. Um, I'm. I'm there's there's this song's a little strange, but I I like it. Called I Still Care for You, another one from Gossip in the Grain, where you see his face on it, and goddamn, he's a handsome, Jesus looking man. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean, Father John Missy. On they all kind of look him. alike. You know what I mean? I'll show you him real quick, and you'll get mad. <laughs> I'll be like, you motherfucker. I spend hours at the gym just so I can get a girl to look at me one time. 
This is that's Father John Missy. Don't you aren't you just angry? <laughs> and another funny thing is he was the drummer for a band before and decided he didn't want to do that anymore. And he's had way more success than they have. And they're fucking good too. Yeah. Their shit's good. Uh, fucking uh, Fleet Foxes, I think. Am I right, Fleet Foxes? I think I'm probably right. He's got so many albums, dude. Yeah. See, it's that. It's a very strange song. And then there's the eponymous. The song that people make fun of them for. Why but it's people, a great song. Why do people make fun of this? Well, because it's just one one word repeated a bunch of times. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Pretty good. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So. Trouble. Trouble, 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 trouble. Trouble been dog in my soul since the day I was born. Who sings this again? Ray Lamontag. Why don't you let him sing it? Fuck you. <laughs> I knew that was coming, too. Because <laughs> there's no way you didn't know who that was. I know. We just literally said his name. <laughs> I think the name of the uh, new album is Part of Light. Part of Light. So we're going to play Such a Simple Thing, which is, I guess, the song we're pushing, because that's the... I like the cover, very 60s. Yeah, it's, I like the font. Mm-hmm. I like it. Bit of a strummer. Tell me what you're feeling. All these songs are just some fucking woman who's got to just feel like she is the luckiest woman that ever walked. You know what I mean? He's just cucking to her. Yeah, yeah. But but for him, it's not cucking. For some reason, that's alpha. For some fucking reason, him, <laughs> him saying all this awesome, beautiful shit to this woman is the most alpha fucking well, thing it is. ever. Well, I, yeah. It, but literally, it, if you're good at it and you can pull that type of shit off. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... I've never been able to write that way. Well... I've, I've never been able to, to do that because I don't think I have that type of pretty voice anyway. Most of my songs. a little bit more masculine. Well, I always talk about how big of a piece of shit I am, and if you got a problem with it, come get come get these hands. <laughs> that was the name of the first album. That was the name of the first album. Dutch Underwood, come, come get, get these hands. hands. <laughs> come get this work. <laughs> you on the cover? Yeah, in the old, in the old fighting stance. Put them up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. I'm gonna have to give that a little bit more of a a go. Yeah, dude. Yeah, fucking people that sing pretty make me angry sometimes. Yeah, me too. What are you gonna do? I'm a, I'm decent, but I'm just I can't do that and not feel like a queer. Well, it's not that. I mean, that's not your thing. I mean, you have to find your own voice, like. I found it and nobody's buying. Well, but that's that's not really the point. I mean, I like it. Your friends like it. A lot of people like it. It's like with writing. I tried to write as other people and I can't do that. Like I need to write how I want to write. And yeah. when, you know, it's whenever I first started songwriting, I would I would try to write songs to impress my friends that mm-hmm. were good 
good musician, so I'd try to be complicated, and that's not me. No, I never got that good at guitar. Yeah, well, it's not. I never, <laughs> I never got that good at it. I, like I'm three chords in the truth type of guy. So, mm-hmm. or, and uh, so that's what I do. And like it or not, fuck you. And sometimes complex music just sucks. Yeah, Dream I, theater sucks. I don't like complex music. <laughs> Bradley loved them, and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> um, that being it's a said, fucking math equation. Yeah, no. <laughs> that being said, uh. There is such a thing as people who they can't handle anything complex, and that sucks too. That's that's the difference. I, mean, I like I like some complex stuff. ELO had some real complex stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bradley, that's a. I'll look up. He's mentioned them a lot. I'll look up. Uh, I was listening to one the other day. I heard it on Sirius, and I liked it. And we all know which shit ELO like. song we like best. <laughs> this is creeping up there, man. But uh, yeah, Mr. Blue Sky's pretty. Yeah, amazing. it's pretty fucking great. <laughs> that ding, 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 ding. It's just so. <laughs> but this right here, like, it does things in places that it shouldn't, that are not conventional. This is called telephone line for anybody that doesn't know. Hello? Fucking Jeff Lynn. How are you? And they were using these weird effects back, like the. I guarantee you, how they did this was they turned the uh, the treble way up on the vo- in the vocals and the bass way down to make it sound like it was actually on the telephone because they didn't have that effect back then. Probably it's really good. Very Beatles-ish. Just, just wait. Oh yeah, he's a big Beatles fan. He was in the Traveling Wilburys with George Harrison. Oh, okay. And everybody else, Orbison, Tom Petty. God, that's a great group. How jacked do you think Tom Petty was to be in that group? Oh, because he was only like twenty eight or twenty. Yeah, but he's, and he was also a fan. Yeah. And, and completely like unpre- Dylan, completely Dylan. unpretentious. Like, yeah, I mean, he's like, this is pretty great, guys. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to be here with all these guys. That I, get, I get to call my friends now. This is, and I worship them. This is very weird. I smoked a joint with George Harrison. <laughs> like, right, they're getting ready to do something that should be at the end of a song. Like, you, like it sounds like it's the it's the outro. Yeah, but it's literally just in the middle. This right here should be at the end. Like that should be at the end, right? Yes, it should. It just sounds like it. It's so good, though. There might be somebody to dive into. They could do a deep dive into ELO and see what you can find out. I think I should do that. Here comes the chorus. Yeah, I've heard this song. It's a great song. They just got inducted in the Hall of Fame with Pearl Jam, I think, last year. It's awesome. It's weird, though. Like, That's a lot. It should have been much sooner than that. You would, I mean, think, so, yeah. you would think earlier, but I guess they, the Hall of Fame only came around in the late 80s, I think. Isn't that in Cleveland? Yeah. It's such an odd place for it. I guess they want you think some it would be sort Nash- of Nashville. You'd think it would be Detroit. Fair. Well, where did rock and roll? You think, technically, if you want to give Elvis credit for rock and roll, Memphis, Mi- Mississippi, or Memphis. Yeah. But Mrs. Well, you could say Mississippi or Alabama or anywhere down there the because oh, that's where all the blues guys were. Yeah, the Delta Blues, and that's, and that's the ones Elvis ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got anything else you want to run your mouth about? I think that's it. All right. That's the end of the show. We're going to go out with a little bit of ELO for you. Telephone line off a new world record. Thanks for listening. This has been Dutch and Chuck for Pillow 4 Radio. Electric Light Orchestra. 